It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the Over the Monster podcast, the one year until Raphael Devers is gone edition. No. Start the clock, man. Start the clock. God damn it. Wait, you know what? I'm actually, does that mean he's not going to be traded for prospects? The clock might be stopped before <laughs> the year, but it's set at a year. I am Brian Joyner. I'm here with Over the Monster site manager, Dan Secatore. Dan, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. Um, I'm recovering from the shock and despair of last week. Uh, not that I'm coming to grips with the move at all. It's actually, I'm actually, with each passing day, I'm getting more and more depressed about what the 2023 season is going to look like. Um, but I guess I've rebounded emotionally a little bit. How about yourself? Well, I've rebounded because I, as I've said, that which is dead can never die. But you know who hasn't is Jake Devereaux, who was immediately struck no, down by this no. flu that seems to be getting the entire northeastern seaboard yeah. uh, right after his favorite player ever uh, on the Red Sox decamped to San Diego. So we wish Jake the best. Those th- and- two things probably are connected, right? I mean, you know, isn't it? There's there's scientific evidence to back up that when your body goes through significant emotional distress, it it can manifest in physical ways. 
That is my understanding, and it would not surprise me at all if that was the case. But I believe no. Jake is. He a may teacher. have also spent the entire night last Thursday just drunk and wandering the streets of Waltham until four in the morning. And spent the night in a gutter and gotten sick that way, too. It's all possible, really. He could have been licking light poles and just searching for meaning in a world that has taken that meaning from him. But we'll do it again next year, and we can ask him next year how it compares <laughs> to this one. But enough about what's happening with the Red Sox right now, or what isn't happening, which is basically anything. Let's talk about Dear, on a previous edition, this podcast, we talked about a possibly apocryphal story about Jacoby Ellsbury running down a deer when he was in high school. We were skeptical of the version of events that was presented to us. I am told that we have an update and I'm told by Dan. So Dan, what is we, the we yeah we do have an update. Uh, yeah, so for for people who didn't listen, so that the story as I relate it was that Jacoby Ellsbury, as a teenager, uh, caught a deer in the woods of Oregon and took a picture of it with his friends. And and we had several several questions about this story. My principal question was, I don't think a human being can hold a deer. In their arms, I I thought that Jacoby Ellsbury could maybe run up to one and touch it, but I didn't think he could hold it in his arms. We also you brought up the good point of we didn't have cell phone cameras back then, so how did they take the picture? Um, so anyway, I used all my skills as an investigative journalist, um, and I googled it and have come to the come to the answer. Uh, so this comes from a 2008 article by Barry Allen in the Boston Herald. Uh, it actually, it turns out, Brian, he wasn't a teenager. He was, according to his recollection, 11 or 12, if you can believe it. Um, he was 11 or 12. He was with two other brothers. I'll just read. So these are Jacoby's words. Quote, there was this little deer there one day that we saw and we went outside. My brothers got around it with me and kind of tucked it behind a sagebrush nearby. The brothers startled the deer, making sure it ran in the direction of their older brother. I got close enough to throw the rope around its neck, Ellsbury said. I had to run 10, 15 yards to get to it. I was running pretty hard as fast as I could at that age. So that, so the story is he didn't grab it with his arms around his neck. He put a rope around it and then they got a picture of it. Um, I got to say, I'm still a little skeptical. <laughs> Just yeah, I don't know anything about deer. But I was thinking about, you're a New Yorker. <laughs> Do you remember one of the most fun political scandals of the last five years when Bill de Blasio and Cuomo got in a, <laughs> into a fight about that deer that was caught in New York City? I don't remember it, but I do know, and this is referenced in the pete davidson walking in staten yes. song yeah that there are deer everywhere on staten island yeah all right so i'll quickly tell the story again based on my very faulty recollection <laughs> and then and then i'll google it and we'll update this next week i guess but my understanding is that there was a deer caught in new york city 
and Bill de Blasio and Cuomo, who personally hate each other, although as it turns out, everyone pretty much personally hates both of those guys individually. Um, they hate each other and they fought over like who would have jurisdiction of the deer. And I'm pretty sure Cuomo kind of strong armed it, took the deer and they, you know, they, they put it in some kind of animal rescue van and tried to drive it upstate and the deer immediately died. <laughs> and there was a lot of reporting at the time from various deer experts that, you know, that deer cannot handle physical stresses like that and like if you put a deer in a van like it's it's just gonna that's an easy way to kill a deer apparently stick it in a van it dies um so again i'm not sure i buy that you can put a rope around a deer's neck so i does this clarify things for you or are there still questions well i have to say that it's common in our political and cultural landscape to understand that people from say upstate New York are afraid to come to New York city. Mm. I think that that's a fair general assessment in some cases, but what is equally true is people in New York city are terrified of going upstate. That deer was a New York, New Yorker through and through. And as much distaste as I have for Bill de Blasio, that was his deer. You got to yeah. keep it in the city. You never he, know what's going to happen upstate. Yeah, the deer needs to be within walking distance to a bodega, which of course only exists in in New York, according to all New Yorkers. Is that what it was? I mean, that's that's just a fact. <laughs> it's a fact that you guys I, have a special name for a convenience store. Yes, <laughs> and yes, and it's very very special. Anyhow, no, none of that clears it up. Uh, no, what I, it doesn't. I think what I want to be, what I have cleared up is, as you intimate, <laughs> did the deer die? That, yeah, is that I, the... he he certainly isn't going to tell us if it did. You know, I think he's he's is smart enough to know that if he killed a deer, that's something you you keep quiet about. I think the killing of a sacred deer. Mm, did you call Jacoby Ellsbury? <laughs> never published out of shame you know what was published out of shame <clears throat> many notes on the over the monster slack that i had to gloss over because <laughs> i had a lot of work to do and cleaning to do and things to do but there is a big story for idiots like us mm -hmm. that has <clears throat> come across the feed and it involves the wife of a Red Sox coach and former Red Sox player. And I am just as excited to learn about it as I'm sure our audience will be. Dan, what am I missing? Yeah, well, we'll just do the, you know, uh, like professional podcasters say, a little housekeeping at the top of the show here. Um, we want to let people know, for those who haven't visited the site for a while, we have extensively covered uh, the Xander Bogart's departure. Um, if you want to read some rants about it, they're there. If you want to read some more analytical stuff about who's going to be the next Red Sox shortstop, they're there. If you want to uh, read a more feel-good, gooey tribute to Xander, that's going to be coming uh, this afternoon. Or I guess it, if you're listening to this on Friday, it'll already be up there. Um, 
So go check out the site. Uh, you know, we, we're, we're certainly not done covering Xander Bogarts or free agency. It's all there. We also got some good Christmas stuff now. Um, Jake, I'll actually, uh, we'll, I may, Jake, Jake Wallinger published a piece this morning. Uh, the headline is the Grinch who stole Soxmas. Um, I may, I may save that for segment three. Cause I may just read the whole thing on the air right now. Um, but then we also have a Red Sox holiday gift guide. Uh, I, I tweeted out, I think this is the first one that over the monster.com has done. Although to be perfectly honest, I did not bother looking up the site archives to find out. Um, but my guess it is, uh, it's a little gift guide that the staff put together a bunch of cool Red Sox stuff that, that you and friends and family in your life, um, might enjoy. Now we did obviously, Brian, get a lot of complaints from readers that, uh, nobody's in the mood to buy anything Red Sox related right now. Um, and, and give the Red Sox any money. I want to clarify probably at least half of the things on there are, are not things that will send any revenue towards the Red Sox. Um, and then also for that matter, not to get too in the weeds of the CBA, but uh, the vast majority of MLB licensed merchandise you purchase is shared evenly by all 30 teams. So to the extent that you feel guilty buying a Red Sox hat right now, uh, 1 of the proceeds will go to the Padres to help them pay for Xander Bogarts. <laughs> so don't worry about it. Um, Speaking of Xander Bogarts, I just want to say I was at Trader Joe's yesterday and I was checking out and I was facing was someone who was also checking out with a Padres sweatshirt. So I finished up and I went and said, hey, congrats on Bogarts. And he goes, oh, I'm actually a Mets fan. <laughs> Fuck out of here. Did you ask him why he was wearing the Mets have plenty to be happy about right now? Why was he why was he disguising himself? I said, well, by default, I kind of am too. Maybe he was a priest. Was he a priest? Did you consider that? He did not appear to be a priest. He appeared to be someone who jumped on the Padres are cool bandwagon. Mm. And in that sense, he's not wrong. No, he's not. As 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 I stated last week, I think I think this iteration of the Padres is the closest thing we've seen to the Griffey Jr. Mariners of the mid-90s. Um so yeah, hard to blame the guy. Um, but anyway, so there you go. Uh, go check out the gift guide. Um, you'll see, like I said, lots of stuff uh, that won't send revenue towards the Red Sox. And most importantly, um, as as Brian stated, so I will spoil one of these things. Avery Hamill, our own Avery Hamill, her contribution uh, to the gift guide was, quote, a gift from one of Catherine Veritek's Twitter giveaways or not. Um, with the story behind that being that Avery Hamill once won a uh, framed and I suppose autographed picture of Jason Veritek and Keith Folk embracing after the final out of the 2004 World Series. Um, she won it directly from Catherine Veritek herself uh, after I guess she it was just Catherine Veritek was just trying to give things away Willy Wonka style. Uh, she was moved by Avery's story of wanting to get it for her father, most of all. And then Catherine Veritek proceeded to completely ghost Avery into this day. She has not received it. Um, Avery was in, in Slack. So she was a little at, at first she, she wasn't quite sure how much she wanted to call out Catherine Veritek 
and I and pretty much everyone else pushed her very hard <laughs> to call her out as much as possible. Um, so she did. She wrote the story. She posted receipts. She put the DMs from Catherine or the DMs that didn't come from Catherine Veritek rather um, into the story. And then we, we tweeted the link out to the story. <laughs> and Catherine Veritek, new new follower of OverTheMonster.com on Twitter, Catherine Veritek, went ahead and retweeted it, <laughs> which is just, uh, <laughs> I'll go ahead, maybe this will be my recommendation <laughs> at the end of the show. Folks, before you retweet something, read it. <laughs> To the best of my knowledge, Catherine Veritek still has not read the article alleging that she uh, ghosted and ruined the Christmas of a, at the time, 16-year-old Avery Hamill. That's amazing. I think that the only recompense she can make is to send everyone over the monster one of those photos. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. It, it should come at least from her or from... We also yesterday gained a new follower, uh, Mark Veritek. Um, let me tell you something. I don't know who Mark Veritek is, uh, but you do not want to take a look at his Twitter feed. <laughs> Let's just be thankful that Jason Veritek has been smart enough not to be on social media. Let me tell you that. If that's his brother or father or son or whatever yeah uh that social media for you mm -hmm. people that you wouldn't want to talk to about anything else <clears throat> and uh people saying they're gonna do things and then not doing them and then people like us using this as grist for the content mill mm-hmm I will say I do love, I will just to spoil one more piece of, of Avery's story. Um, so now in her family, whenever somebody does not like do the dishes after they say they will, her family refers to it as pulling a Catherine, which I find that's wonderful. Pretty, that's pretty <laughs> phenomenal. It really honestly. is. It really is. So um, that's amazing. And Feel free, and I don't think we need to tell the listeners this, because they already know it. If you want to give a gift to Over the Monster, just give us shit in the comments. You already yeah. do. Yeah. But we love it so much. Just give us more. Yeah. People thought we were getting commissions for, for the stuff we put in that in that article. We're not getting a commission at all. Um, but yeah, if you if you just if you give us online clout. And just engage with us and feed that dragon. That's that's a gift enough. It's weird that you're not getting the commission, but uh, you know, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe I have to talk to Vox. I still don't really know how the website works. <laughs> maybe um, we can figure that out. Well, the, you're right. There's a lot of fun content on the site, especially in light of something not very fun at all happening. And with so many signings yet to come and so many hilarious tongue-in-cheek comments about the signings yet to come, please, please stay plugged into OTM and we will reward you with more terrible content. Not, not, not all terrible. No, content not you think is terrible. terrible. We think it's good. <laughs> we think, trust me, we think it's good. Speaking of terrible content, 
the last few years under John Henry. Oh, oh. Jake Devereaux, currently in his fugue state, has said in no uncertain terms he would like John Henry to sell the Boston Red Sox. I don't think it's going to happen. But, Dan, do you think he should? Well, we have, we have to address a couple of things about that. About yes, a whether whether it's even a realistic possibility, and then b whether it's a good thing. So yeah, I I heard I, I wanted to talk about this because I I listened to the pod you did with Jake and Keaton on Friday night. Um, I remember wonderful half of wonderful, it. <laughs> wonderful I remember podcast. The first, I the first half was great. Yeah, how was your hangover the next day, dude? Oh man, uh, I listened to the first half because they were teasing me on the Slack, and I was like, "This sounds fine." And then I got to the second half, I was like, "Oh, okay." I you really it. did fall off a cliff. <laughs> I don't know. It was, yeah, it was like it was a 80. tough day for everyone, Dan. It was. No, hey, I'm not. I am not blaming you at all. I I think we should probably do more late night half drunken podcasts. You tried talking um, to Keaton, and who said anything about half drunk? <laughs> well, that's it's at the beginning. You were like I said, you were fine for the first eighty minutes, and then minute eighty turned into minute eighty one, and all of a sudden, no one could understand a word you were saying. Yep, that's that's how uh, it goes with me, unfortunately. But it was wonderful. No, it it was like a it, it was a nice. It was a nice 90 minutes of sort of pathos and, and grieving. Um, and it, I think it helped me move on and get to where I am today one week later. <laughs> but so Jake, as you said, I mean, Jake, Jake was guns blazing for all the 90 minutes of that podcast. Um, and I, and it's, you know, it's, I mean, he, Jake, Jake Devereaux is, is, is the world's biggest Sandra Bogarts fan to begin with. Um, and has been highly suspicious of this front office strategy for years. So it was a perfect storm for him to really get pissed off and start and start braying into a microphone. Um, but he, you know, he did say he said he was absolutely ready for John Henry to sell the team. Um, you started to respond, uh, but you guys kind of moved on. And I do want to talk about this because, like you said, one, it's it's in the news. I believe uh, Bill Simmons, of all people, is is out there saying that. Well, actually, a lot of people have said that Henry wants to be the owner of the supposed new NBA franchise that will be, you know, opening up in Vegas in a matter of years. Um, and obviously, he already has LeBron James on FSG. Um we know for a fact that he is looking for an NBA franchise. So that does make a lot of sense. But Bill Simmons, I think, said on one of his pods this week after failing to sign Bogarts that, that that's actually probably what is happening right now vis-a-vis the Red Sox, that they, that, you know, he is, I guess, sort of keeping payroll low in anticipation of selling the Red Sox in order to then purchase the NBA team now, th- right off the bat, like that, I don't know why, why people think that any team's given payroll has any impact on that team's then valuation to a sale. It has nothing to do with it at all. If John Henry puts the Red Sox up for sale, there will be billionaires around the block trying to buy it. And that would be the case if Xander Bogarts was, inked to a $300 million deal with the Red Sox, 
That would be the case if Mookie Betts was inked to a 300 deal with, with the Red Sox. That would be the case if Rafael Devers were gone. These billionaires don't care who's on the team right now. They don't care what the payroll is. Um, they want to buy the Red Sox because these franchises are guaranteed moneymakers. Henry bought the team for $299 million, I think. I might have, maybe it's $399. I might have that number wrong. Either way, it's worth $4 billion today. Uh, and that's that's why people are going to buy the team. Nobody cares who's on the existing payroll. So this entire this is, you know Simmons is the only one that does this. We hear this all the time. We heard it. We heard it with the learners and Juan Soto. You know, people constantly try to look at personnel moves and and translate it into you know whether the owner is going to sell the team. There's nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it whatsoever. Uh, I had heard that the the same rumor, but previously and to buy the penguins yeah well yeah, that's yeah good point right when did he buy the penguins how how soon after the mookie Betts trade did he buy the penguins i don't know was it like I a just, year six months it's you don't i understand uh, look simmons is the same guy who had an emergency podcast because bob Iger took over disney again, <laughs> which is just i get that there are people interested in that but these uh, sort of like billionaire power moves who is, gives a shit i know he does thank, he thank does. you for bringing that up he does and that's fine but this yeah. is all hearsay yeah bill simmons has connections bill simmons also thinks he has more or if he knew what was happening, he could report it. Right. He likes to, and has made a billion dollar business himself off of it, be just far enough away from the action that you could say anything you want. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes back to you, say, well, I'm not, I'm not a reporter. Yeah. Anyhow. And even if, even if it were true that Henry would need to sell the Red Sox in order to then buy the Vegas NBA team, which it's not, he is selling Liverpool. <laughs> like he's going to get five million five billion dollars probably from the liverpool sale like the vegas franchise isn't going to cost him 10 billion dollars he doesn't need to sell both the one of the five biggest soccer clubs in the world and one of the five biggest red baseball clubs in the world in order to buy an expansion nba franchise this makes zero sense on top of that take the broncos the broncos were just sold Right before they were sold, they signed Russell Wilson. Yeah. Having star players on your team, this is an impulse buy. Yeah. To some degree. Yes, it can be a good investment, but the point is that you're presenting a shiny product to people. And it's also not even their, it's not even their own money. People this rich don't buy things like this with their own money. It's going to be a leveraged purchase. Like he's going to buy it with debt backed by the proceeds of the Liverpool sale. Yes, but debt backed by the Red Sox and the Penguins and Roush Fenway Racing. Like it's not, John Henry's not sitting there with Linda right now in their Brookline mansion being like, we got to cut back on Christmas presents a little this year because I got to buy that Vegas expansion team. When you sell a house, you do improvements because the cost of those improvements pays off fivefold. In the end, the yeah. same way if you were selling a team, you would make it better. You wouldn't make it worse. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. And like Anyhow, it, just doesn't, it just doesn't matter. 
But anyway, so, anyway. I, so we have to dispense with that, first of all. What he's doing with the Red Sox has nothing to do with an NBA franchise. It has nothing to do with Liverpool, nothing to do with the Penguins. It just doesn't. But I think the more important thing we have to discuss is, again, what Jake said next, where Jake is adamant that he wants um, John Henry to sell the team. Our other Jake, Jake Wallinger. So like I said, I'm just going to read this right now because uh, I assume that, you know, like everything else on the site, you haven't read it yet. Is that correct? Not everything else. I have been reading a lot more, but I have not read uh, the second of the two Jakes' article. All right. So this was, it's not even an article. It's called The Grinch Who Stole Soxmas. You ready for this? Maybe I'll, I don't know. Maybe I'll read the whole thing. I'm just, I'm at least going to read the start for you and then you can decide whether you want to hear more. Let's go. The Grinch hated the Sox the whole baseball season. Now, please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. It could be his head wasn't screwed on just right. It could be perhaps that his shoes were too tight. But I think that the most likely reason of all was probably that his wallet was two sizes too small. Let's do the whole thing, baby. <laughs> okay. Somewhere in Brookline lives a Grinch they call John. John bought our Red Sox back in 2002 and seemed like the Don. He broke the curse of the Bambino, a tremendous feat. Then he won three more rings. What a delicious treat. John gave us four rings and boy, were we happy. But now it would seem John is treating us crappy. After some time, John got interested in other streams of revenue. He bought a soccer team and real estate. Next might be a zoo. The Grinch even bought an ice hockey team down there in Pitt. Back in the Commonwealth, he's treating this team like shit. In 2019, the Grinch decided he was poor. Fresh off a championship, he said, I'm spending no more. The Grinch closed the wallet and he hired a young man named Heim. We can only imagine what was said to Heim. Probably something like, save me a dime. Three years ago, we had ex-bets endeavors. Now we have just one after John pulled some levers. First, it was Mookie, our league MVP, who was never lacking. He wanted a big deal, and John sent him packing. Next, it was Xander, our captain, our shortstop, never one to boast. He would have taken a deal, but John said, no, go to the West Coast. All that's left is Jolly Raphael, who mans the corner that's hot. And John paying him, buddy, there's almost no shot. There's no happy ending here. That's a hopeless dream. All we can hope is that the Grinch sells the team. Jake Wallinger, ladies and gentlemen, is read by Dan Secatore. So, yeah, there you go. Um, I think he... I think there's there's actually a point in there that indicates, again, he's unlikely to sell the team. If he bought the Penguins and is treating them like crap, maybe the idea is he's like, oh, if I own a sports franchise, I make money. I don't even need to put players on the team. (laughs) Precisely. That seems way more likely than oh, we're making the Red Sox crappy to sell them. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, so we now really both. Wonderful. It is wonderful. He he did a great job. Um, it's we, we now have both Jakes on record saying they want Jen, John Henry to sell the team. I am obviously as as upset as they are and as you are about this, um, but I have to say, I have to say, I honestly think it's kind of insane to want John Henry to sell the team. And I want to hear what your opinion of this is because as frustrating as everything has been since 2019, I am still utterly convinced that he's probably over the last 20 years, he has been not only the best owner in baseball, but arguably the best owner in world sports. 
Now, I know Jake would say that he's not exactly the same owner that he was 10 years ago. And that's probably inevitably true. You know, when he bought the team, when he first bought the team, the Red Sox were all he had. He was pretty much, he was done with his private equities business. He, you know, he, he wasn't doing that in a day-to-day, uh, you know, day-to-day at all. He was done with that. He didn't own any other teams. I think he was genuinely committed to breaking the curse. He was genuinely committed to raising the revenues of the Red Sox. He was genuinely committed to to building them into a, a global powerhouse. Um, is he that guy anymore? Almost certainly not. <laughs> if by virtue of, of the fact that he simply has other things going on right now. He owns the Globe. He owns the Penguins. He's selling Liverpool. He owns a racing team. He is going to get in the NBA. He might buy the Commanders. Um, so look, there's no question that he is, you know, I don't even want to use the word distracted, but he's got other things going on. He, he's not as committed to the Red Sox as as he once was. But nevertheless, you know, for one thing, I, I will, despite how much I love Jake's line about the wallet, I I don't like using the word cheap with respect to Henry and the Red Sox. Um, you know, for one thing, it's, it's a little bit of a reductive critique and it's one that, you know, if you're on the pro Red Sox side is really easy to knock down by simply pointing out that they, they spend up to and over the cap every single season. I don't think that the Red Sox are cheap right now. I think they are wrong right now. Um, you know, it, it's my belief Everyone's been talking about what's the plan, what's the plan. I don't think the Red Sox necessarily have a roster building plan. I think the Red Sox have a roster building philosophy right now. And that philosophy is that they sincerely and genuinely believe that you cannot win with quote unquote bad contracts, albatross contracts, contracts that pay players into their unproductive late 30s. I think they genuinely believe that as a strategy. And so I think their their philosophy is, you know, as you've been saying, they're just going to pick up value wherever they think they can find it. You know, we we all offseason, we hear that the Red Sox are in on almost every single player. And it's obviously not true that, they, you know, they didn't end up with Correa, even though they were, quote unquote, in on them. Um, but I do, th- I, I, I buy that they at least have discussions with everyone, because like I said, I don't think they have a plan. I think they have a philosophy to find value. And so they look at every single player and if they see an opportunity to find value, they take it. And if they see something where they think they're overpaying, they pass on it. Now I think that is the wrong philosophy, but I don't think that they're cheap, at least not in the sense that all that 29 of the other or 28 of the other baseball owners are not cheap. Only Steve Cohen right now is, and he's, and I'm, God, I can't, I I'm dying to hear what like the WhatsApp group of baseball owners is saying about Steve Cohen right now. I can't imagine how pissed they are that he's the one who's it was putting the, the CBT lie and exposing it to the whole world that they do not need to standard CBT at all. Um, I mean, look, I, I think all baseball owners 
have a very vested interest in keeping the wages of all baseball players down. And I believe that John Henry doesn't want to rock that boat with other owners, but I don't think it's fair to say that he's cheap. I just think he's wrong. So from that standpoint, while I, you know, while I, I, I admit that I would like him to open up his wallet, I don't think it's because he's trying to save money anywhere necessarily. I think he's wrong about the philosophy to build the team. And he has in the in the past, he's shown a willingness to admit that he's wrong and change course. Um, will that happen again? I guess that's what we're gonna find out. But so I I, I don't I don't necessarily want to jettison him yet. And I also, frankly, as much as he might frustrate us right now, things could be so much worse. <laughs> Do you remember when he bought the team in 2002? He was not the favorite of the locals. We didn't know him. He was an outsider. He owned the Marlins. Do you remember who the favorite was? Do you remember who most of New England wanted to buy the team? I don't. It was Frank McCord. <laughs> Frank McCourt, Southie native, I think. I think he was from Southie. And that's it. That's all we knew about. We knew that Frank McCourt was from Boston, and so we wanted him to buy the team. Frank McCourt has proven himself to be the worst owner in baseball over the last 20 years. He almost bankrupted the Dodgers. The Dodgers who now, now that they're being competently run, are the biggest, most efficient moneymaker there is in the game. He almost bankrupted them. And while I don't know the details, I'm pretty sure he's done the same thing to a French soccer team that he subsequently bought. And Frank McCourt would have been a disaster. We still, Yankee fans would still be chanting 1918 if Frank McCourt had bought the team. Um, so things can be so much worse. We can be in the pre-Cohen Mets position very easily without John Henry. And I don't want us to go into the unknown here right now. And frankly, and one more thing too, and I can't believe I'm about to say this, given what a buffoon this guy was throughout the 90s. I don't trust Rob Manfred to shepherd the sale of the Red Sox as well as Bud Selig did. I really don't. Because Bud Selig, Bud Selig, he, he guided the Red Sox into Henry and Werner's hands. He really did. And he had basically admitted as much. There were there were quotes from him afterwards because, like I said, there were a lot of locals who were extremely skeptical of Henry. There were, I, I think, there was an exact quote from Bud Selig where he said to the to the Globe, "Like you'll thank me later." <laughs> basically admitting that, like I, you know, I think he was the one who he was the one I believe who hooked uh, Henry up with Lucino. Because they didn't, Lucino was with the Padres, Henry was with the, the Marlins, they weren't working together. He, he, I believe he sort of put that ownership group together and then put his thumb on the scales. I don't trust Rob Manfred to do the same thing. Bud Selig was, for all his faults and for all his clownish behavior in many, many ways, he was still a genuine baseball guy, right? He, that's the whole, he got into baseball in the first place. Because he was like he was a car sale. He was a small business owner in Milwaukee. He was a goddamn car salesman. And he wanted to bring baseball to Milwaukee. And that's how he got involved. That is not who Rob Manfred is. Rob Manfred is a corporate lawyer who, who's now in baseball because working for Major League Baseball is more fun and more lucrative than being a corporate lawyer. Um, so I, I truly believe that when, C, when the Sox were up for sale in 2002, C-League wanted to send it to a group who would be competent stewards, who would, who would 
take the Red Sox, who at the time were kind of a sleeping giant, and 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 maximize their potential. I I just don't see Rob Manfred doing the same thing. So I absolutely do not want him to sell the team right now. I totally agree. I agree with everything you said, Jake. Um, look, after twenty years, people change their mind, and they they want to switch things up. This happened with the Patriots more with Tom Brady than with the actual administration of the Patriots. But Jake now thinks that Bill Belichick is a terrible GM because he let Tom Brady get away where it was like the guy wanted to leave the same way. Henry wanted to try something different. My beef has always been that they broke up a historically good team to go into an unnecessary rebuild. I think this will work. And I understand to some degree why he's doing it. I will say, and I, I brought this up when, whenever we talk about the Red Sox, revenue streams, whatever, I am on their press list. And I get all the concerts that are coming to Fenway Park. And my God, man, there are many of them. They're swimming in money. But do mm-hmm. I want him to sell the team? No. Yeah. He's been a great owner. Yeah. I disagree with what he's doing right now. I, he could change his mind tomorrow and it would all stop. And he has shown the willingness to whipsaw between approaches, depending on how he feels at the moment. So I do think that this is a longer term plan. And I think part of bringing Bloom is in is to hold him to it to some degree to uh, make sure that there's reciprocal sort of attention paid to building a team in. I think they're going for the Astros model, Astros slash Dodgers. But I think that the Dodgers are such, I mean, it's LA. It's just huge. Um they want to do it with the miners and then cycle through without giving out these giant contracts and being okay with like, I know this happened three years ago, but Carlos Torreya leaving, yeah. um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I understand all that. I understand that Jake is upset, but this is the one time where I will agree with the contingent that says well they won you know they won all this stuff and this is like a sam kennedy thing like i'll put our track record against any we'll keep on making the right decisions that's our plan to keep on making the right decisions sam kennedy is intentionally like muddying the issue but i do agree that over 20 years they've been as good as everyone as anyone over the last three years have they been no but you know what i do think henry has earned the good maybe not goodwill but the chance to do this without being run out of town because it is like the monster seats those those weren't there when he took over all these things that we take for granted now it's like a fundamental part of the red sox just did not uh exist so no i don't i don't want him to sell the team because guess what a new owner would probably be worse yeah. And I'm glad you brought up the concerts thing too, because that raises another issue. I, you know, I, I 
something I briefly mentioned on the pod last week that it doesn't get a lot of attention in in the media, at least Red Sox fans. Prob- Most Red Sox fans don't know this is happening at all. But the Red Sox have partnered with a real estate development corp and together <laughs> have now have submitted a massive plan to redevelop five over five acres of land surrounding Fenway Park. And the Red Sox and this developed corp are spending $2 billion on this massive project. And they just opened up a concert venue connected to Fenway Park. John Henry is not going to, in the midst of this project, which is going to take 10 years to complete, John Henry is not going to give control of the single largest plot of land in the Fenway and the single most important plot of land in the Fenway to someone else while he's trying to develop this land around it. Like that's just, that's, that just, that's bad business. Forget about giving up, giving out $300 million contracts to shortstops. That would be really bad business. That's the type of business that could sink, you know, his entire efforts to redevelop this land and make a whole shit ton of money in the middle of the city. It's, 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 it's not going to happen. So we have to come to grips with it. He's not going to sell the team. And as you said, you know, it's probably, look, could we end up with a Steve Cohen type? Sure. Is there any guarantee of that? No. We just, we have to hope he changes course. I mean, it would have, just a final note on the, the Bill Simmons rumor. It's not like Robert Kraft prints money from Patriot Place. He prints it. Mm-hmm. It is the only place people go all year round near there for, and they have, I've been there now a couple of times for games. It's way more than just games. He would not have started that project to sell it halfway through. Right. That doesn't make sense. So whatever that's, it's not happening and I don't want it to. So we just got to suck it up. And again, i Jake gave me a little bit of guff for being too too extra over Mookie, and it's just <laughs> he just feels like I did then, and I get it, but I already felt yeah. that way. Did he really? So I, oh, I, yeah. I obviously wasn't, wasn't around at the time. He wasn't. He wasn't like you're wrong. You're stupid. Yeah. This is a good deal for the Red Sox. That he wasn't like that. Yeah. But eventually he was like, you know, you can move on. Like this is, and I, 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 yeah, I I think that's, that's probably, that's about where I was too, as a fan when it happened. Um, I didn't want it to happen. I wasn't saying, I was not saying it was the right move, but I was saying, I was saying, okay, if they did, if they did tie up Mookie for 10 years, that probably means we say goodbye to Xander Endeavors. You know, I was I was justifying it on those types of grounds. I I was buying into the all big contracts are bad propaganda, which you know, I mean, the fact I've gone so one eighty on that, and I, I hate I I hate that we even call them bad contracts. You know, not to get like, not not to get it to too deep of like. Nietzsche and the heretics of language and all that stuff. But like a contract, a contract, which is an agreement between two parties cannot be inherently 
bad on its face. The team makes money. They're not stupid. Yeah, right. But yeah, every team team can make money through various ways, and they can plan for the when the money it doesn't mean as much at the later end. They can they have 10 years to plan for that. Yeah. It's I there's so many explainers that people were saying in our chat, it's like can you believe the Orioles are paying Chris Davis like $8 million this year? Yeah, sure. Because it's nothing. And, like even, I, but, and I'm saying like, even aside from the fact that you're absolutely right, they make bad you know, money no matter what. Like if a contract is bad for one party, it's inherently good for the other. And yet we, you, we use the term bad contract. And like, if again, <laughs> to to go into the Nietzsche thing a little bit. Like if you it, Brian, if you saw an aunt this Christmas who doesn't know anything about baseball and she was like, Brian, Merry Christmas. And she knows you know about baseball. She's like, I had a question for you. People in my office are saying that the Padres signed Xander Bogarts to a bad contract. And and, and if her question was, what's a bad contract? Well, you would say like, oh, well, a bad contract in baseball parlance is is a contract where the player makes too much money. <laughs> it's, it's we could live in a same. world where that's a good contract. If we choose to if we choose to look at things from the player's perspective, we could live in a world where we call that a good contract. But we all have trained ourselves so much to be on the side of ownership that we, we all default to that being a bad contract. And so that's where I was in the Mookie trade a little bit. I wanted him to stay, but I was, but I, I would have eagerly told people in 20, in 2020 about the trade, like, well, I don't want the Red Sox to, to get saddled with a bad contract. And that's in my a opinion, similar, a bad way to be a fan. I have a similar uh, uh, peccadillo with the term draft bust. You drafted them. Yeah. You fucked up. Why isn't it a decision bust? It's like <laughs> a front office. The bust. player, oh, the the player, the player didn't live up to their to their draft capital. That's, yes, but they didn't pick themselves. You picked them, mm-hmm. so that that drives me crazy. In the same the same vein, but we are going long here. Let's have a quick little. You you ready for a quick little draft? I'm ready. Are you ready? Because it's my understanding when we started this that you hadn't prepared. (laughs) It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
you had a lot to say. And so I, I, I got down some, some notes here. Um, we are going to draft Christmas presents that we are going to give to members of the Red Sox um, writ large. And I say that because it's not just going to be players. In fact, most of mine won't be the players. But <laughs> we're going to give them out. They can be holiday gifts. They can be any holiday you want. They can be festivist gifts. Anything you want. And, you know, next Friday is festivus and we is need it? do you celebrate it. festivus you have well, a we gonna, whoa, we're gonna celebrate it next week buddy um <laughs> no. shit i didn't even think about that the airing of grievances you want yes. you want to do a festivus special yes well it's coming out yes so we will do that i mean uh, we can do that in every pod we've done since september <laughs> what is the what is the difference going to be um Red Sox trade for Shohei Otani. Woo! Um, so, uh, Dan, what would your first gift to a Red Sox employee or team member be? All right. I, I will start. Um, I'll start with Rafi Devers, since he's someone whose name we, we've mentioned already here. Uh, it, it's becoming increasingly clear that I don't think the team is going to make a, a genuine effort to extend him to possibly make matters worse. Worse. I also don't think they're going to trade him. Um, and while I don't want that to happen, I kind of feel like you, you got to do something here, but anyway, so I, I, I would like Raphael Devers to sign a $300 million contract. I don't know why he hasn't yet. To the, I, I think it's possible that he hasn't because people don't take him seriously enough because of his baby face. So I'm going to get Raphael Devers for Christmas a book called The Facial Hair Handbook by two-time world beard champion Jack Passion. And I highly recommend that you and anyone listening to this right now Google beard champion Jack Passion. <laughs> Is he the he, guy who made a gate out of his beard and like could open up the gate? Because I, I have seen videos of the world beard chair many years ago. <laughs> I don't know if that's him, but he certainly could. Although I get, I read his Wikipedia page. Apparently, apparently he now has a conventional beard. He's he's subsequently shaved. He's out of the end. He's out. He's of the out yeah, um, but I just I love the fact that this book exists. I mean, I, obviously there are many books on facial hair, but the fact that there is a book existence written by someone named Jack passion two-time world beard champion jack passion um i you, you got to look at this book i think Raphael devers need it needs it um now that i think about this i'm actually really curious as to how the world beard championships work because if you win it in 2020 and then just don't cut your beard or shave for the next year how do you lose it the next year because it's way more than that it's like the beard is your raw material to create art basically you, so you think you think it's like it's like a figure what i'm talking about losing it I, on artistic merit i've seen some of these competitions and one of the guys maybe him i don't know literally braided his entire beard into a box around his head <laughs> with a door that opened in the front all from his beard hair yeah i mean i don't know how you beat that guy i do not well, know how you beat that if, guy well, being able to grow a beard would be the first start. And I don't think that Raffy's going to. Well, My first gift is also for Raffy Devers. And it was just a new best friend. 
Oh, get you maybe a puppy. Maybe a puppy. Aww. Actually, no, no, no. He no, he needs an older dog. He's the puppy. Yeah. So wait, who should be his new best friend on the team? I'm thinking if if it should be older, and I think you're right. Is Kike the right guy? Yes. I mean, I think that's that's the easy choice. He's the yeah. most personable guy on the Red Sox. Yeah. Is that too obvious? Are we think are we I mean I still I can't think of anyone else. Thinking is bad. Thinking is bad. Um, All right, next gift. Go for it. All right. uh, All right. So Loomer Loney has been in the news a little bit. Have you seen this? I haven't. Have you seen this? Have you heard of this? Uh, Loomer Loney is out at WEEI. I don't know if he quit or if he fired or if he was fired. I don't even know what show he was on. I haven't. I have not listened to any sports radio in like ten years. That's one of one of my. One of my favorite things about the fact that I moved out of the Boston market for 10 years was that I was able to just give up Boston sports radio. And then by the time I moved back, I was like, I don't need this back in my life. And I still don't listen to it, even though I'm back. So I have no idea what his role on WEI was. Um, But I will say this. I have heard Lou Merloni do games uh, as, as the color guy on the radio a little bit. And you and I have talked much about the Nesson booth. I've said that, you know, I, I, I would like Kevin Euclid to get the job, but I don't think he wants the job for 162 games. So my Christmas gift for Lou Merloni, give him the Nesson job. Ooh. Just give him the Nesson job and give him Sean McDonough as a partner. I don't, I don't, I don't love Lou Merloni. I don't think he's as good as Eckersley. I don't think he's as good as Remy. But this is similar to our John Henry conversation. I sure as fuck don't want it to be Tony Mads. So I think Merloni can be good if you pair him with McDonough. If you pair him with McDonough, we are completely just recreating the 90s magic that, that sprouted Remy in the first place. Sean McDonough alongside a, a local, heavily accented former backup middle infielder. I mean, it's the exact same thing. Um, so that's my Christmas gift to Lou Merloni. Give him the Nesson job. I would like him to take Tony Maz's role. I still want Brock Holt in there. I think that Brock Holt is not from the area, but yeah. I think that he's past the point of that mattering. Well, we haven't heard him do any games yet, though. I mean, he'll be fine. He can do anything. Brock Holt can do anything. He will take it. I mean, he will pay to do it. I'm convinced of that. Do you remember even, you know, when he was still on the team, there were all these people, people would say that he would, he would point up to the legends box during the game and be like, one day I'm going to be up there with Dwight Evans and Carlton Fisk. And, and so like, he wants it. He, Brock Holt is ready and willing to be Mr. Red Sox for the next 20 years, but I don't yeah. know that he's good. I and think. I don't know. And here's, and here's the other thing I like, you know, talking about Lou Merloni, like I said, I do think Lou Merloni has been good in the booth for WEI. And we also know that he can be good in a critical way. Could you could you see Brock Holt ever saying anything bad about anyone in the Red Sox right now? Fair point. Fair point. Yeah. So he needs he needs a little time to get his feet wet. And I think he needs to be a little time to be further removed from the current roster. He's saying he should do games in AAA. I am. And just go yes. back and forth. That's that my, ne- my next gift. Rock Holt, I'm getting you a condo in Worcester. 
Nice. Um, okay, my next gift, because um, it's for Chris Hale. And I think Chris Hale, I don't expect anything from Chris Hale ever again. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's all, <laughs> this is a very, very loaded term in this case, found money. Yeah. Um, but he's very angry. And I know that that helps him be good, but I think he doesn't need to be that angry anymore. I'm just going to have a big bag of weed. Just going to give it to him. <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely never smoked weed has he he no, definitely hasn't oh you're no. totally right because he just goes home and I he, want just, to, he just goes right to miller lights that's the problem I want, I want him to spark up one uh doobie and turn into bill walton just like that <laughs> like it just it, it's just instantaneous oh yeah uh, kike can probably hook him up kike definitely has smoked weed um so yeah we need to get him in the kike hernandez rafael devers friend circle <laughs> And then he'll just, I, yeah, you know, right. I, I want to keep Rafi away from it just because I don't know, there's something pure about him. And yeah. also I don't want him to just, you don't want to be uh, shoving that face full of food. But <laughs> that's shit. Rafael Devers with the munchies. That, and that's what Chris Sale needs. Oh my God, this is perfect. Chris Sale needs this on so many levels. He needs to gain weight. He needs to relax the fuck down. And it's also, you know, it's got medical benefits, they say, right? <laughs> what if what, what if weed makes your ligaments stronger? Has anyone looked into this? I mean, I've done some research. My ligaments <laughs> seem fine. Okay, there you go. Um, I like that one a lot. I will say, though, I know you said you don't expect anything from Chris Hill. I, I'm betting, actually, on a strong season from him next year. I'm going to, you know, I, I'm actually, I'm doing... I started my Chris Sale 20, 2022 year in review piece, which is pretty easy. It's easy to write. Um, but like it is, I mean, look, is his skeletal structure made of toothpicks? Yes. But were all the injuries he suffered last year freak injuries? Yes. And we do also tend to see with pitchers, pitchers coming off Tommy John, their arms are pretty good for a year or two. That, that's that's when their arms are strongest for like that first two years after Tommy John. So I I actually right now am kind of, look, is he going to be 2018 Chris Sale? No, he's never going to be that again. Um, but right now I'm willing to bet that he pitches uh, mostly a complete season and ends up with uh, ERA in the high threes next year. Later yeah, let's sa- save that one for when we do <laughs> – preseason bets between the two of us mark that one down okay all right what's your next what's your next gift all right you know who i feel bad for uh in all of last week's hubbub who's been kind of left behind masataka yoshida (laughs) that poor guy poor poor might not be the right word well you're right Poor, poor is not the right word. He signed the biggest contract for a Japanese position player ever. But that actually kind of goes into my gift a little bit. Um, because I, So I, I feel really bad for him right now. He signs with the Red Sox, and then all the Xander shit blows up like six hours later. And, you know, players coming from Japan are already treated a little unfairly. Um, there's, again, you know, like, like you're talking about draft busts. It's like if they're not Ichiro or Shohei or Yu Darvish, they're looked at as busts right off the bat because they come over here with with star. You know, everyone looks at their numbers and their MVPs and MPB, and and you know if they're not great right off the bat, they're looked at as busts. 
Um, and I feel like, and so he has that pressure to begin with. And then he is also barring, barring some moves that nobody really sees coming here over the next couple of months. He's the new guy next year. Yeah. He's, he's going to be the fair or not face of the post Xander red, not face. I mean, he's not gonna be the face of the team, but when we, when we show up at JetBlue park next year and Xander's gone, it's going to be like, well, here's the new guy in the post Xander era. And so I feel really bad for him. I'm worried that he's going to feel a lot of pressure. I'm worried that he's going to be lonely. Um, So I'm going to get him a gift certificate to the single best restaurant in Boston which is Oya in the Leather District. It is an incredibly expensive sushi restaurant. He doesn't need a gift certificate, but I figure he probably doesn't know about it yet. So the gifts, I mean, I could either, my gift could just be telling him about it, I guess, or I could give him a gift certificate. Uh, It's outstanding. It's the best omakase in Boston. Costs like 180 bucks per person, way more than that if it's during truffle season. but I don't want him to feel lonely. I don't even know if he eats sushi. I don't. Maybe he has. Maybe he's allergic to fish. But uh, I'm worried about him next year. I want him to be able to go somewhere, have a meal, and and maybe feel a little connection to back home if he gets lonely. It's very. It's, it's very kind of you. Thank um, you. I'd like the same thing. So if you can just. There explain. is one in New York. That I've never Ooh. been. The, the one in Boston is the original. And they subsequently opened up one in New York. And then I think they opened up one in like Dubai or something like that too. My understanding, I've never been to the one in New York. My understanding is it, it is not as highly regarded as the Boston original, but it's there. You can go check it out. Do, do, you, know, do you know why that is? Because it's surrounded by better restaurants. Oh, Jesus. Okay. I mean, <laughs> that's that's just a fact. Look, you're not um, wrong. I, but I would imagine it's the better, if the chef is there, it's probably the best one. So, yeah. um, so, uh, I would like to, you know, the Red Sox had some turnover at catcher and our, our new presumed, presumptive starting catcher, you know, had an incident in the parking lot of a... <laughs> Isn't it kind uh, of amazing how quickly that's been forgotten about? Yes. So I would like to get Reese McGuire a Pornhub Pro premium <laughs> subscription, but it only works on his home computer. I don't want him to be able to stream you it. Can't go around. Yeah, can't be driving around with that. So shit. I don't know how it's going to work, but that's what I want to get him so that we can keep it where it belongs. Yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, one of one of the first pieces I wrote for the site was ten questions I have for <laughs> newly acquired Red Sox catcher Reese McGuire, and I think my first question was, so was he locked out of his apartment, <laughs> or what was going on there? Do you know what Reese McGuire has? Jack Passion. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, I've been saving that one for like 10 minutes. Have you been saving? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> We're past the hour mark. We're getting loopy. All right. Next gift. Go. Nighttime. You're not even drunk. Oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> It's not nighttime. I'll give you that much. <laughs> gift four, you go. All right. Uh, okay. So my next gift, this is, um, I got to preface this by saying that as much as I love streaming television, it's made getting Christmas gifts a lot harder than it was when we were younger. Because there was a time from like 
say like 1997 through 2006 where every single Christmas I got somebody a DVD. <laughs> it was such a great Christmas gift to get because you, I mean, you know, if you knew somebody who really liked a movie, box sets, especially box sets, like a trilogy, they're expensive. It's not necessarily something you're going to buy on your own, but at the same time, if you really wanted to watch all three Godfather movies, if you didn't have the DVDs, you couldn't do it. So it was such a wonderful gift. And that's been taken away from us now. It's harder to give Christmas gifts now, thanks to streaming television. Um, so I'm going to attempt to bring that back. And I'm going to get Jaron Duran a copy of Major League on DVD. And I'm just going to tell him, I'm sure he's already seen it, but I'm just going to tell him to rewatch the Willie Mays Hayes spring training scenes. Because as I've written about before, Jaron Duran, a player and a man who is in many ways lost right now, has one chance of salvation next year. With the rule changes, Jaron Duran can get back to who he is as a speed demon, and he can reclaim value in a place in Major League Baseball if he forgets about hitting too much if he can put aside the anxiety he clearly has playing center field, and if he can just get back to what Willie Mays Hayes did best, which is just run with the bigger bases, with the pickoff rules, Jaron Duran can be valuable again next year. So I want him to get the Major League DVD, watch the spring training scene over and over again, and then just run next year. Just run. Buy it for him on streaming. Why are you getting him a DVD? Because that's not sure? a gift. Because that's not a gift. You can't be like, oh, check your... How is he going to play the DVD? <laughs> he probably has a PlayStation oh, or something. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he definitely does. So there you go. There's well, I was it. waffling on one of my last two. And one of the... I'm just going to double up here. I also am giving something to Jaron Duran. It's the Communist Manifesto. <laughs> you know, you're lost, Jaron. Find some guidance. Expose yourself to different viewpoints. Really think about it. Just you don't have to agree with it. Just read it. Just take it yeah. in. You just want him to just open himself to new ideas. That's what I'm talking about. You go with that instead of like some some Buddhist scripture or the art of war or something. No, or... I want to go in the exact opposite direction and let him find his way to um to a better place. Okay. Fair enough. He could shock just read. the system. Did uh, didn't Bill Lee write like his own kind of? Well, no, no, no. He did. He wrote. Uh, he wrote the little, not the communist. But he didn't write a version of that. He wrote a, a version of Mao's Little Red Book. He wrote the the Little Red Sox book, I think. Um, so maybe we should start Duran with that. I think that might be easier for him to do. Who's giving the gift, <laughs> Dan? Who's giving the? I'm going the day before Christmas. To the bookstore. They're not going to have Bill Lee's Little Red Book. They're going to have the Constant Manifesto. And, and I'm going to steal it. I'm going to steal it. <laughs> well, okay. That's fair. All right, he that's steals. Good. He steals, Dan. What bookstore are you going to? Barnes & Noble or a little independent? But I'm saying Jaron Duran steals bases. Yeah. He should learn the value of theft. There's also, there's. I mean, that book is definitely in the public domain, too. So he could just Google it, I think. You got to spell Google to do that. Dan, uh, it's, it's, uh, sorry, Jaron Duran, you can spell Google. Uh, Dan, what's your last gift? All right. Uh, my last one, admittedly, this isn't really uh, specific to a player, um, 
but uh, I'll just throw it out there because it's the ultimate Christmas gift anyway, and I'll give it to Xander Bogarts as a parting gift. Um, I've been saying this to year. I, I whenever people come up to me for gift advice, uh, which I don't think has ever happened, but whenever they do, I'm ready with this piece of advice. If you know somebody who a has a space to put a fire pit and B does not have a fire pit and you then see, get them a fire pit. They love it no matter what. It's not something you necessarily buy on your own, but it's such a cool thing to have. It's not that expensive. A fire pit is the best Christmas gift to give if you don't know what to get somebody. So to Xander Bogarts, he's going to go out in San Diego. He's, he's, you know, it's going to be a tough transition. There are going to be some nights where he feels lonely in a new place. I'm going to get him a fire pit to put out on his patio or in his backyard where he can sit, light the fire, stare out at the Pacific Ocean, and just have a few moments of peace. I like it. It's the best like Christmas it. gift there is. All right. Well, my last gift is for Sam Kennedy. It's one of those cat balls with a, a, with a bell in it that you just you hit it and it makes lots of noise and the cat's like oh my god this is the most amazing thing in the world and they just keep playing with it forever um and so i'm just gonna give him <laughs> that you know it's funny when you you said on a pod like a month ago that you wanted him to just stop talking and my initial reaction was like does he say a lot of dumb stuff i don't know i didn't i didn't i didn't think of him in that sense but my God, what he came out and said this week. I want. Do you have the quote in front of you? I don't, but we can move into my mortal enemy of the week. It <laughs> might be a very convenient time to do it. Um, go, go for it. I'm just going to quickly read the quote because, go my for it. God, it is Please, a I'm not mad enough. I'm having too much fun. Make me mad again. I try not to look back. You can really harm yourself and harm your plan and harm decision-making if you get too caught up in regrets in the past or any type of fear of the future. I don't engage in any of those two activities. I don't focus on regrets of the past. I don't worry about the things I can't control in the future. Now, that part of the quote in and of itself is bothersome. Like, that that's how you learn, dude. That learning comes from failure. Learning comes from looking at the past and figuring out where things went wrong. So that part of the quote bothers me enough, but the real worst part is what's coming up. What we're trying to do in the moment is make the right decisions for the Boston Red Sox. We need to keep focus on what's important. And then when he's asked where they're going to keep doing, he says, we'll keep doing what I said we're going to do, which is making the right decisions. We'll keep, that's their plan for the future. We'll keep doing what I said we're going to do, which is making the right decisions. Thanks, dude. That's a good fucking plan. What's your plan for the team? The plan for the team, make the right decisions. You Thanks, even left Sam. out what I think is the best part where he said, really? I'll put up, I'll put our record against anybody else's. Okay. So you're looking back now. Oh, good point. <laughs> Interesting. You have found yourself. A, 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 look. Yeah, you have no problem Sam looking Kennedy, back when it reflects well on you. Sam Kennedy is a yes man. Yeah. He is the definition of a yes man. What he does is not tell the whole truth. 
very intentionally. And what bothers me is Bloom went out there and had an interview with Cotillo, a, tram, a print interview. Then he went on Rob Bradford podcast and answered really good, tough questions. I don't agree with everything he said, but he went out there. Now the Red Sox do this a lot. Myself to listen to that, but I can't believe I did. Look at me. Um, but I, what the Red Sox do this a lot is they'll send out Bloom, and then they'll slip in Kennedy as if it's the same thing, but it's not the same thing. Yeah. Um, Sam Kennedy is the owner's yes man. He was the one out there saying, "Oh, the owners are involved." I don't know who's saying. Yeah. Man, he doesn't say anything i he doesn't know, say he doesn't. anything that's real he doesn't say anything that's real it's all... except for buy our season ticket packages <laughs> i got um, called by the red sox sister but hey by the way <laughs> mass mutual is our best friend and this concert is coming it's great yeah. great but as far as baseball operations just ignore him yeah so he's I, in my downstairs neighbor is out we've made up it's great <laughs> does your downstairs neighbor hate sam kennedy too is that is that we're not no. at that point yet. But no, I okay. I, I am glad. I, I should have. I'm surprised we didn't mention this when we were when we were doing the John Henry bit and and talking about it again. Like like I know I know what Jake would say to me is that he's not the same guy. It is kind of shocking how John Henry has changed just solely in respect to communication. This is a guy who used to be posting on the Sons of Sam Horde message board regularly at like three in the morning that was john henry he was doing that he was out there all the time and now we don't hear jack shit from him we only hear from sam kennedy i mean there is no question that he is a different owner than he was like i said he's still not different enough for me to want to wade into the unknown but that really is shocking that that he went from posting on fan message boards regularly to just to just being a, a ghost up in the box. I, th- I mean, I think I suspect if any, it's Liverpool that changed him, I think, probably. That or being married to someone 30 years younger than him. Got to <laughs> keep up. I, yeah. Uh, you, but hold on. You don't know for sure that he's not in OTM telling us to eat shit right now. That, well, yeah, be. fair enough. <laughs> you, think, you think he is? I, we can probably... I mean, I'm sure we can find all the IP addresses of our commenters. So we just have to figure out a reverse engineer that and, and find the one that goes to for Jersey Street. Yeah, I don't think it's happening. Yeah. All right, Dan, we've gone really long, but we got recommendations. You go first. Um, all right. I am going to recommend another life behavior, Brian. Um, I don't know if you saw this. I tweeted a thing yesterday. Uh, you and I have discussed a couple of times in this pod before how I don't ever tweet. Uh, I really never have. And as a result, I have, I have like 50 followers. I decided to tweet something about the Red Sox yesterday. Um, it was nothing particularly profound or funny or interesting. It was just a, a, a general festivist style airing of grievances. Um, but it went, it kind of went viral relative to where I started. It kind of went viral. Um, partly because I cheated and retweeted it from this, from the main account. Um, But let me tell you something. I, in that one day I got, I got drunk on that internet clout, man. (laughs) I really did. I was checking those notifications. (laughs) 
looking for verified responses. I got drunk on that internet cloud. I, I know how it happens. I understand it. Um, and then something happened later that night. I was looking in responses. I was looking at, at the profile of one particular person who retweeted it. And uh, <clears throat> I dug into his feed a little bit because it said he was a freelance writer in Boston. When, I mean, whenever I see someone who knows someone about the Red Sox and their profile says they're a freelance writer, I'm going to look into it just, just in case to, you know, to see if they might be someone we want to work with in the future. So I looked into his feed and I saw him. Uh, he, he had a tweet about the Kenley Jansen welcome video. Um, I don't know if you saw this. So the, the, the Kenley Jansen welcome video that the Sox put out there where it's just it's like a 20 seconds of Kenley Jansen being like, let's go. Let's do this. Red Sox Nation. The Red Sox subtitled it. And this guy critiqued that, um, you know, for what I thought initially was, were the right reasons. Um, there's a long history of sort of like white institutions subtitling language from non-white speakers, even when that language is completely clear. And if you've never heard Kenley Jansen speak, I mean, he sounds just like Xander Bogart. So both from the Dutch Antilles, there's no reason at all for, for him to be subtitled. It was completely clear language. And so I initially, again, drunk on the clout, I was like, this guy's right. The Red Sox are being shitty right here in subtitling Kenley Jansen's words. I'm going to retweet this guy. I'm going to, we have a platform. I'm going to speak truth to power. I'm drunk on the internet clout, baby. So I retweeted it. And then I immediately was like, oh, fuck. Were they doing it for the hearing impaired? <laughs> and immediately someone responded. And again, it wasn't our tweet. Immediately someone jumped on this guy who has a much, much smaller following account and was like, hey, the Red Sox have deaf fans too. And I start, of course, my first instinct was to dig in. I started digging through the Red Sox Twitter feed, looking for other videos that they didn't subtitle. Um, and yes, of course, I did find some and didn't have to look too hard to find some. But nevertheless, I was like, you know what? There could be a million reasons why they subtitled this one that that aren't necessarily racially charged. Um, it could be maybe maybe they just realized they should have been doing it all along. Maybe they got some new software that does it. And I decided I'm going to I'm going to undo the retweet and I'm going to give the Red Sox the benefit of the doubt. And my recommendation, Brian, it's the holiday season. It's time of reflection and, you know, joy, caring about your fellow man and all that. My recommendation is to give everyone the benefit of the doubt in your life. It's a Not sincere happening. recommendation. <laughs> I'm out. Um, I will say that I think that the reason that they should do it. And like, this is the actual reason I think is that on Twitter videos are muted now. Right. Yes. And so that that's probably the is point. The real reason. Yes. That right. probably is. And even there, and even there, if that's not as charitable a reason as doing it for the hearing impaired, it's still, it's still a reason that's not the Red Sox are racist here. So anyway, I, even if you don't want to do it, I'm going to recommend it to you anyway. I thought, you know, in my daily life, I, whenever, look, whenever I get in a fight with my wife or I get too angry at my toddlers or something, I, when I look back on it, unlike, unlike Sam Kennedy, when I look back on it and think, what could I have done better? The answer almost always is if I had given this person the benefit of the doubt, things would have been better. So that's my recommendation. Yes. If any, if any of our deaf listeners are listening, <laughs> fans apologizing, sorry. Um, uh, my recommendation is, so I'm a seltzer guy, big seltzer guy. Oh, I got a soda course. stream. I have all the 
I hate, I hate sparkling People water. love polar, like obviously Massachusetts is a big polar thing. Trader Joe's has it. No, 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 no. Topo Chico. It's worth it. Topo Chico, the best seltzer there is, hands down. It costs more than beer. Topo Chico? Oh, yeah. It's from I've Mexico. never heard of it. Oh, it's the best. It's oh, it's the hard seltzer. No. I mean, they have hard seltzer, but no. Got it. I'm talking Got about it. the I'm talking about the real thing, baby. Yeah. I got to tell you, I hate seltzer. I hate sparkling water. It, are you When you drink a sparkling water, are you not just as thirsty, if not more thirsty, than the seconds you were before you took a sip? Okay, Tom Brady, whose book says sparkling water dehydrates you. No! Hydrated is putting water. Some a friend of mine's wife had it, and I was looking through it because I would I would yeah, okay. never yeah. ever yeah. buy it. Friend of yours from Canada that I don't know. Sure, okay. I, look at me. Do I look like I'm on the TB12 method? So, and it's like, yeah, do you, uh, it doesn't hydrate. And I have another friend who's gone completely like off the grid type, who's like. Campbell's have fat in their humps, not water. Water dehydrates you. And I said, you can say whatever you want about this, but hydrate means to add water. So please do not say adding water dehydrates something. I'm not coming at this. I'm not coming at this from a TB12 body chemistry standpoint. It just doesn't make me feel like my thirst has been quenched. Like I don't actually, I'm not actually, I'm not like, oh, I don't have enough water to protect me from getting sunburned. When I drink a sparkling water, it's just like I literally don't feel like my thirst is being quenched. And this has been a big problem for me for a while because my in-laws are huge, huge sparkling water people. So like if, you know, if we go over there for Thanksgiving dinner, like it's wine and it's sparkling water and there's no still option for me. It's a, yeah, it's a real problem. Rule. It's a problem. Yeah, they're, they're, they deserve a, a present for putting up with you. Yeah, well, I got them a soda stream, so <laughs> so there you go. There you go. Get them some Topo Chico. Right. Um, it will it will make their life. Hopefully, this podcast has made uh, your lives out there. It's made a big chunk of your lives. Um, but uh, I'm Brian Joyner. This is Dan Secatore. This has been the Over the Monster podcast. We will be back next week with our airing of grievances. Uh, <laughs> But more so. I don't know if we're going to do that. <laughs> we have to talk about that. Uh, look, what more can, grievances do we have to air? Well, I think what we should do is the grievances that we're not, that we agree that we will drop after they're done. Anyhow, oh, we'll talk through that. Okay. They don't need to hear it now. We don't need to show people behind the curtain. There's very elaborate planning that goes on here. Folks, stay warm, stay healthy. Dan, thank you as always. Take care. Nice talking to you.